There are two ways to grow a movement. The first is addition, slow incremental growth that eventually adds up over time, but the second is multiplication. Now while the fruit of both look very similar at first, over time they are completely different. With addition, growth can be slow and steady, but with multiplication, growth is exponential. Jesus understood this, which is why the movement has gone from one rabbi and his 12 disciples to where we are today. According to one study, there are 2.6 billion Christians. It's because Jesus taught, both with his words and his actions, the power of multiplication. And today's story is a perfect example, so pay close attention because part of developing a new wineskin for the new wine, or a new mindset for the way of the kingdom, is learning how to move from addition to multiplication. Welcome to Season 6 of Stories in Scripture, a podcast dedicated to telling the big story of the Bible one piece at a time. In this season, we are walking through Mark's Gospel. Our hope is that these short episodes would lead you into more, into a time of reading, reflection, prayer, whatever it is for you. The goal is that you let the amazing story about the Savior of the world transform the way you live out your life today. Peter had never seen this many people in his entire life. Where is everyone coming from? He grew up traveling around from village to village, often in search for parts for his boat when it broke down or a net when it needed to be repaired. But the population of each village was modest compared to this crowd, who, Peter quickly realized, must have been traveling from all around to come see Jesus. They had hoped retreating to the lake would help them get away to breathe for a few minutes, like Jesus was always pushing them to do. Instead, the plan had backfired. The crowd had just followed them, and as they inched closer and closer to the water, they were running out of real estate. If they kept going, they'd get to the shore, and then they'd be stuck, nowhere to retreat. Crowd to the north, Sea of Galilee to the south. Peter glanced over at his brother Andrew. He could tell he was nervously thinking about the same thing, scheming up an escape plan just in case. Because for every 99 people who seemed to support this movement, there was always that one who did not. Jesus, on the other hand, was calm, cool, and collected, almost as if he had seen this coming, like he had a trick up his sleeve. Hey, Peter, he said, a hint of amusement and adventure flashing across his face. Do you know of any boats close by? Peter couldn't hide his smile. Moments later, Jesus and his disciples were in the boat, wading out into the water just deep enough to create some space between them and the crowd. Enough space to allow the crowd to cram together and spread down the beach. And then Jesus began to do what he did best, teaching, preaching, telling stories and parables, Peter watched in amazement as Jesus masterfully taught them about all sorts of things and then landed the plane perfectly, informing the crowd they needed to get across the lake to the other side, but that they would return soon. Grateful to create some separation between the crowd, Peter and Andrew grabbed the oars while John raised the sail. The others watched in awe how quickly and efficiently they navigated the small boat masters of the craft. 
born fisherman who had left everything to follow Jesus. Peter navigated the team to shore, following Jesus' instructions to land at a small port next to a tall mountain. He couldn't help but notice the questioning look on a few of the newer team members' faces, and it made him smile. It also made him realize that he was starting to get used to the rhythm. Water to hills, ministry to mountain, work to rest. Peter and the rest of the disciples followed Jesus all the way up the mountain until they got to the top, and Jesus invited them to take off their pack, set up camp, and rest for a moment, to take a break from the public ministry and enjoy a private getaway. After a few hours, the team gathered around Jesus. Peter couldn't help but notice the growth in the team. It had gone from four fishermen to 12 men from very different walks of life, each one awaiting their marching orders, excited to jump in and help aid Jesus in his work. But none of them were expecting what Jesus said next. You've all been watching what I do, Jesus asked, and they all nodded. Good, because now it's time for you to go and do likewise. Peter's chest began to tighten. The call was met with nervous and tentative laughter from each of the disciples. But Jesus wasn't done. I'm sending you out, he said, in teams of two, and I'm appointing you to go out with authority to preach and drive out demons. The crew stared at each other, feeling like it was probably a little too early on in the process to be out on their own, and yet, each one sensing at a deeper level that it was time. They'd already seen and done so much. Besides, every time they questioned Jesus, they ended up looking foolish. And so, they weren't going to question him here. Instead, the twelve just nodded and returned back to their time of rest. Peter looked out across the sea and wondered what it must feel like to drive out a demon. This is one of the moments where Jesus' ministry moves from addition to multiplication, where he delegates leadership out to the disciples. And that sounds great on paper, and Jesus makes it look pretty easy here, but let's be honest, we're not Jesus, and so for us, it can be really hard to trust other people. Craig Rochelle, who's a phenomenal leader and pastor, has a good line about this. He says, you can have control, or you can have growth, but you can't have both. The problem is you are a finite human who can't be in two places at once. Did you know that? It's impossible. And when you try to be present everywhere, you end up not being present anywhere. That's why Jesus spent so much of his time raising up disciples and then ultimately sending them out to preach, giving them authority to cast out demons, to heal, to tell people about the kingdom of heaven. And yet, as followers of Jesus, so often we try to hold on to control. We try to do it all ourselves, to refuse to let others in to help, even though they may be way more gifted than we are in a particular part of ministry. There's something ironic about that, isn't there? Scripture refers to us as the body of Christ. 
each part having a role to play as we work together. And yet so many of us isolate ourselves and try to do it all on our own. But you weren't created to do everything. And when you try, you typically end up not doing much of anything. So what if today this story in scripture was giving you a really simple invitation to open up your hands and let some other trusted people into whatever project or idea or calling you are working on. We can't do everything ourselves. And when we try, our ministries suffer. So does our own mental health, by the way. So let people help you because you can have control or you can have growth, but you can't have both. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stories in Scripture. We hope Season 6 is bringing Mark's gospel to life for you, and that this episode helps you see the bigger picture Mark is painting for us. If you are enjoying this podcast, we'd love for you to share it with your friends, and rating and review it goes a long way as well. We love getting to tell these stories and appreciate coming along for the ride. So we'll see you next time for our next story.